Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk. Um, today, we're going to be talking about a subject I don't think a lot of people get a information on. They hear the diagnosis, but they don't always hear a great outcome. And we're going to be talking to Diana Headley-Bell, and she has a very lengthy experience of dealing with kidney disease. We're almost like kidney kin. And secondly, she's overcome something that's uh, hepatitis C. And hepatitis C is, as many of us know, um, are very much at risk at and have and suffer from. So, Welcome to the show, Diane. I can't wait to hear your fascinating story. Thank you, Lori. So tell the audience a little bit about your background. You know, the elevator version of kidney disease because, you know, we've, we've been living with it most of our lives. Yes. I was diagnosed at the age of 11 years old in 1974, and we there was real no diagnosis of what was going on, and Lo and behold, later in life, they figured out to be possibly um, caused from strep because I had a lot of strep infections when I was a little girl. I started dialysis when I was uh, 15 years old. Also had my first transplant that year, but it failed immediately and returned to dialysis for the next three years. Um, you know how the story goes. Yep. Another transplant in 1981 and uh, went on to have 18 great years with that transplant and then returned to dialysis again for another 12 years and had my most recent transplant in 2011, and I'm doing very well. What's your creatinine, may I ask? (laughs) Not as good as yours. (laughs) (laughs) It runs around 1.54. Okay. I'll just say I'm 0.8. Okay, so let's just get that over with. But um, <laughs> you got to be a little competitive with creatinine, and I think that's a good competition, right? <laughs> it is a good competition. I do find that fascinating. <laughs> so you were diagnosed with hepatitis C, and what year did you find out you learned you had hepatitis C? Well, it was strange because in 1999, when I had to return to dialysis after the second transplant, Um, I had gotten a phone call from the county health department saying, you have hepatitis C and you need to be followed by a special doctor. And I was a little, like, surprised at first because I had not known this whatsoever. The last blood transfusion I remember prior to that was in 1986 after I had my son. So I'm not sure where exactly I may have picked it up. I mean, that's something you want to find out, but there's no way of finding out. And um, Well, they didn't test kidneys or blood for hep C. No, they didn't. So, you know, you probably got it. You probably got it through a kidney or a blood transfusion. Yes. Yes. I've I've thought about that often. Um, It's a slow, the virus itself is slow moving, at least for me it was. Um, I didn't have any major damage at that point, maybe some scarring, but um, I did well. I um, did try several treatments over that 12-year period on dialysis, and unfortunately, um, what seemed successful at first was not successful, and it was a very, as time went on, we 
retreat it, and the more we retreat it with those medications, it got more difficult to um, handle the side effects of the drug. Now, talk about how you know you have hep C and how you know there's a viral load, right? Yes. So can you explain a little bit in from the patient's perspective how you know it's getting worse or better and if how that makes you feel? Well, the viral load itself can jump around. Um, now, I can only go by symptoms, and they weren't real noticeable. When you're on dialysis, you have symptoms from being on dialysis you have symptoms from the kidney disease itself, then you're really not sure, okay, what is this feeling and what is it caused by? And it wasn't until this past year that I had noticed a change. I, I felt it. Um, I was a lot more tired. Even since this third, this third transplant, I've noticed some changes in the way I felt. And I didn't understand what was going on, you just knew that, okay, I, I just knew that I did not feel like I should have, like I did for the second transplant. Second transplant was great. Um, this one, it was just, I couldn't put my finger on it. And finally, when they, they were following me for the hepatitis C and they watched the viral load, but then there had been some quick changes in some of the lab results. And, um, Physically, I was feeling tired quite often, weakness in the muscles. Was your skin color any different? No. That, okay. That I did not have. I know a lot of people have that jaundice look um, of yellowing skin. I, I did not have any of those. I, so what they did was to check the liver again, except I had numerous liver biopsies in the past. What they did this time was called a transjugular liver biopsy, which... They went down through my neck and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you just gave me the heebie-jeebies right there. Well, you that know, seems... it's, it's funny because I was questioning it up a storm when I when I they told me that's like, wait a minute, can't we just do it the other way? <laughs> but be honest, they, I was in twilight zone, so. You don't feel it. I know. I know. They just, they have these great ideas of like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go up through your nose and grab. I'm like, ah! (laughs) And we've all had that done, but it makes my skin crawl. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how we don't know what's going to happen and you're not bothered by it. But then when you have so much much experience behind you in many different areas and you come to, they're going to do this, I'm like, wait a minute. And I asked, of course, I asked a lot of questions, and it wasn't that bad. But there was, um, there are stages to the disease, um, and mine happened to be on this recent test was stages two to three, which showed some fibrosis going on. And um, in the past, it had normally hung around one. So that's when they decided to treat me again. And my greatest fear was kidney itself, because since I've been transplanted, can I get treated? And I have a question. Did your transplant have to be hep C positive? No. Okay. Okay. I was just curious about that. Right. I did not take a hep C positive kidney, um, nor did they offer it. Um, And the reason being is because there's different genotypes out there of hepatitis C, and I happen to have the genotype of hepatitis 1B, which is fairly common. Okay, so you didn't get a, want to get another type to add no, to the... No, I, was a, I had fear of that. I, I wasn't sure what would go on. So I had the 1B, and they had come out with this drug this past year. It might have been 
longer than that, but for myself, I knew it as something new called Hervani. And they decided to treat me with that and that particular drug only. Now, sometimes when they use Hervani, they also use ribavirin. But in my case, they decided to just try the Hervani. After one month, it's a three-month-long period you take this drug. Now, do you take it by mouth or by IV? Yes, by you mouth. Just, you just every day? Just by mouth. I took it uh, for 12, 12 weeks. Okay. After the first month, I was the, the hepatitis C could not be detected. And I, I was just ecstatic because after dealing with this all these years and having previous treatments for it, it was disappointing in the past. And with this drug, there for myself, there was no side effects which was a major issue. Um, even after one month, I started uh, to feel a big difference in the way I felt. Now, felt, and some people would say, you know, if you're not dealing with, if you have hepatitis C and you take this drug, you'll see a difference. But And that's the way it was for myself, is I felt a big difference. So I proceeded to finish the, the drug in till January 5th, and I have been hepatitis C free now. They normally will check every three months post-treatment, which I will have my next blood work in April. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. I, I still feel great. I have more energy. I can go all day long without having to rest. <laughs> that, that You know, it, it is. It's amazing because the chronicity of especially hepatitis C or kidney disease, you kind of forget what normal was. And, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of us <laughs> say that when we have a transplant, like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know I could feel this good again. Yes. And I'm sure that you had that same feeling again, like, wow, this feels... It, it especially answered my question is, why was I feeling the way I was feeling for so long? It should have been gone, you know, especially with the kidney disease itself and being transplanted. I should have felt better. And after this treatment, I mean, I'm, I know there's different drugs out there. Were there any side effects with taking the medication every day for 12 weeks? No. And I know that you've had problems with taking medications before. Like, they don't always agree with you. Right. So the um, fact that you say that, that's really hopeful. <laughs> oh, it is hopeful. I know in the past I've taken interferon, peg, peg assist. And when I was on my last treatment of those years ago, I just had a horrible time with the side effects. And I told my family, if I could just live by, somewhere by myself, <laughs> I would be okay. You know, you want to do what you're responsible for, right. but I could not do them. And I found myself in tears a lot, and um, everybody's affected differently, and that's that's exactly what it did to me. And I, I had to go off of it. I really had to stop the treatment yeah. and just learn to deal with living with the hepatitis C. And fortunately, it's a new uh, era, new time in life, and here we are, and they got better drugs. And I'm very happy with with the results. Now, I know this medication is made by a company called Gilead. Yes. And there have been a lot of, you know, <laughs> controversy in the news because it's, it's like really expensive. It and, is very expensive. And so did your insurance cover it? Did you have to pay a copay? Did you have to, you know... Um, you know, sell your house. <laughs> what what, what well, did you have I'll to tell do? You what I'm been, I'm very grateful for our insurance. They did approve of the drug, and when I had started it, the I looked happened to look at the original price um, of what it would normally cost. What was it? Over thirty two thousand dollars. Wow. A month. A month. No, I know it's about a hundred thousand dollars to treat. The, yes. uh, that was what was the headline in one of the news articles I remember seeing that $100,000 to 
you know, yes. cure somebody? Because do they call you cured or tr- or effectively treated? Well, and, it, my first email from my um, physician's office that took the blood work, um, she used the word cure. Wow, isn't now, that an incredible word? And it is. It's like, okay, are we sure? Because I don't know what's going to happen after mm-hmm. three months post-treatment. I will find out. Um, by that, you know, when that time comes, hopefully I still feel fine. So hopefully that is the case, that it is gone. And I've known many patients I have talked to online or in person how they have taken the drug and it is, it is officially gone. Wow. And that's, that's exactly what I want to hear that it, you know, there's no more, I wouldn't have to have any more treatment, would not have to worry about it, would not have to worry about, any more damage to the liver. Um, my b- biggest fear was when I was told, you know, if you don't get it treated, eventually you may need a liver transplant. I know that you've lived with this kidney disease for a long time, and we never are cured. We get a transplant, and it's just a treatment. Right. Um, you, we never hear the word cured. No, we <laughs> and, don't. And, I mean, I'm sure that there's cause for celebration for that, but I, I think I may have shared this experience with you, but when I went to go get my fourth transplant a little over six years ago, they said, do you know you have hepatitis C? And I'm like, no, because I was oh. never tested. And... You know, it's kind of ironic because I was transplanted in 1990 and, you know, they never ch- thought to check for hepatitis no. C and I never had any symptoms. So they're like, you have to go see a liver specialist. And I was thinking like, well, wait a second. In my second transplant, I actually got non-A, non-B hepatitis with the second kidney along with CMV and a lot of other horrible things that came from the donor in, in 83, and so they had to just let the kidney go and hope my body could fight everything. <sighs> and <laughs> when I was speaking with the liver specialist, we were talking about this, and she goes, you know, we don't see this very often, but the fact that you your second kidney, and it was pretty much confirmed it was non-A, non-B hepatitis, which they ended up naming C because they don't have much originality. Right. They just go by the letters. And um, she said the fact that the kidney came with hep C your body detected it and created an antibody. Oh, and it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, what happens to most people, because the kidney was just loaded with hep C, my body could recognize it. Mm. But most of us get hep C just from, you know, blood or a little bit. So our bodies can't really detect it and fight it. Right. And uh, so the good news that I have, I do have hep C, but she said it will never be a problem for me. Oh, good. Because um, um, if I had hep C in 1983, you know, that's obviously yes. the, I should be full on cirrhosis today with right. having, you know, contracted that through the blood or through the kidney. I became acutely aware of hep C when I got that lab result saying you're hep C positive. And I don't know why it never crossed my mind because, you know, I received over 150 units of blood, too, before yes. they tested it. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, all of us won't find out something in the future we're getting today that they didn't detect. But it's just the risks of being sick. You know, you got to take it the is. blood. You got to take the organs. You got to take what you need to live right now. But it can be right. a little daunting. Well, that's that's so exciting, though. I, I'm, I'm thinking if if uh, our audio guy could find some happy dance music right now, I think we should drop <laughs> it in right here. Absolutely. We're <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> um, so what is your future now? How do you just get checked every three months? And Right now, um, 
I will get another ultrasound this month, actually next week. Okay. To check the liver. And then my three months post for blood work will be in April. Okay. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the results are. And the longer you go without having it, the le- the less likely it will ever come back. Is that exactly some- okay? And you know, unfortunately, there are people out there that are walking around that may have hepatitis C, and they're just not aware of it yet. And hopefully, I mean, that's even non-real patients. And right. for everybody that's out there, probably yes. born between, you know, the baby boomers that come up, they may want to just get tested to make sure. I saw in your notes, you said the CDC recommends people between the ages of 1945 and 1965. Correct. And Correct. I think also, too, anybody who's gotten blood before they tested for it. Oh, right. Um, exactly. And and what was that date that they started testing for um, it hepatitis? It was 1994. And that's when they could detect it in the blood, right? Right. That's when they started testing the blood for um, the hepatitis C. I actually just looked that up a little while ago because I thought it was 96. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> but uh, it's, I'm you know, just grateful for being able to live in this time where things are moving ahead and we can put these things behind us. Well, thank you, Diana. You are a survivor, uh, you know, sharing your story. I know that a lot of people are getting hope and they need to go ask their um, healthcare professional about all their options because you certainly don't want to go through many treatment options if this one's proven more effective and they give you the other treatment, like, let's see if it works. Oh, it didn't. Let's try this one. And um, we need to be our own advocates to get the treatment that's that's the most effective. And it sounds like this one did a good job. Right. Oh, I, I apologize. It was 1992. Okay, 1992. Okay. Right. Well, I won't. You won't be my phone a friend. I just decided if I'm on, you know, millionaire, I'm not going to call you because you got that fact wrong. I could have lost a million dollars just because of that. So. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Diana. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.